Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of VMware's Partnership Perspectives. I'm Kathleen Tandy, Vice President of Global Partner and Alliances Marketing at VMware, and I'm pleased to bring you the stories and trends from our VMware industry analysts, partners, and executives. This week, I sat down with Will Huber, CTO and Senior Vice President of Services at CDI, a leading international technology provider offering customers of all sizes the most up-to-date hybrid IT solutions. Together, we discuss the rapid acceleration of digital transformation across the globe, the shift from hybrid cloud infrastructure to a multi-cloud strategy, and why managed services business is a strategic growth area for CDI and other technology providers. Let's listen now. Will, welcome to Partnership Perspectives. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Great. So let's get started with CDI and your role as Chief Technology Officer. So could you share with our listeners some background on CDI, the company, your markets, your customers, what distinguishes you or differentiates you in the market, and what are your areas of responsibility as CTO? Yeah, so CDI, we are a hybrid cloud technology integrator. Of course, we are a VMware partner, so we're part of the the Partner Connect ecosystem of partners that are out there. We're a principal level partner, which is something we're pretty proud about. And we work with a lot of technology companies like VMware. Our job and our role is to integrate technologies for customers to help them deliver on promising outcomes for their businesses. So as the chief technology officer, I'm, I would say probably about 80% customer facing, 20% inwardly facing. And I work on a lot of our external go-to-market strategy, a lot of our messaging, our partnership strategy, our product development strategy. And then I work with a lot of CXOs at customers and then understand their perspectives and where they're looking to make investments and what's important to them. And then sort of bringing that back and internalizing that with internal teams and helping to build new capabilities and then launch them in the market. That's great. So I bet you spend a lot of time talking to customers, understanding what's driving their needs, their trends, so that you can stay a jump on that for CDI, which gives you a front row seat to what people are thinking about, their problems, how they're thinking about using technology. My favorite part of my job is being out in the field, talking with customers, and really just at the end of the day, understanding how we can help them. That's great. So, well, one area that has challenged, I think, just about every customer that you work with, that I work with over the last 18 months has been the pandemic, which certainly seems to have accelerated digital transformation across organizations around the globe. We've seen customers scramble to scale up to accommodate remote workers. It's driven them to make some decisions that they've maybe been holding back off. I'm sure you're witnessing some of those trends. What changes has CDI had to make or adapt to as the needs of your customers have changed or accelerated or evolved over the last 18 months? Because without saying, we've all sort of adjusted to working in new ways and collaborating in new ways and finding creative ways to be with one another when we can't be with one another. You said a couple of things there that, I, that resonated. I don't know that COVID really materially changed anybody's strategy or outlook on what it was that they were set out to do. I just think it changed the time scale significantly. All of a sudden, we're in a position where we need to get to the cloud faster, or we need to modernize faster, or ship this new product faster. It's all about speed and agility at this point in the game. And by the way, simultaneously sort of enabling the remote workforce and the distributed workforce. It's been challenging, but rewarding at the same time. It's been good to see. And I think from our perspective, we've been sort of built for this type of model for quite a while in terms of being able to work remotely and leverage technology and collaborate with our customers. 
So we didn't really skip too much of a beat. It was different for a while. We had to embrace things like video. And whereas before, it's funny, like we would do WebExes and, and Zooms all the time, but not necessarily with video enabled, but COVID changed that. Like, like now it's like, it's very rare to do a call without your video camera on, no matter where you are, which has been really interesting. But that's definitely something I've noticed. You started your description about CDI talking about your role, particularly around hybrid cloud and hybrid cloud infrastructure. And I think CDI has been on the leading edge of that, even one of the early, necessarily adopters, but deliverers on hybrid cloud infrastructure. We have seen a lot of shifting and evolving interest with our customers beyond hybrid cloud to multi-cloud. And I think that our recent data statistic that we have is that I think we're seeing 76% of our customers are either using or planning to use multiple public cloud offerings. How is the concept of multi-cloud evolving CDI's kind of definition of hybrid cloud and shifting how you're engaging and working with your customers around cloud strategies? I think the world is hybrid as we see it for sort of the indefinite future. I think we're seeing opportunistic use of different cloud providers based on specific niche needs or unique capabilities that one may offer over the other. Maybe five, six years ago, it might have been a singular strategy, but I think now almost all of our customers, I don't know what the percentage is or the metric is, but almost all of them we talk to have a a multi-hybrid cloud strategy. I think that's important. And VMware, right, as a company, I, I like to make the analogy what VMware did to the the network device and the server and the storage array, I think the opportunity is doing the same thing and abstracting away that control plane to the the cloud providers and providing customers with a, a common, consistent experience for consumption and for monitoring and for reporting and all of the day two operations. I think that's where the large portion of the opportunity is for VMware and for the integration community as well, embracing that and, and helping customers sort of put all the pieces together and make it easier to adopt and consume. We are definitely seeing those same trends with our customers as all the different cloud offerings are great for different types of workloads and different types of purposes, but then you need to manage them and providing not only a consistent platform and and layer, but also being able to do that securely with the insight to know how they're charging. There's just, it brings a whole host of management challenges. Are you seeing those types of needs increase from your customers? For sure. I think the early adopters, all the emphasis was just get there, just get to the cloud, move this application or evacuate this data center or move this collection of workloads or whatever it was. And the day two sort of operating experience was sort of an afterthought for, I think, a lot of customers. And when you reach sort of that tipping point, as the ratios or the scales change in terms of how much of my workload is in the traditional model and how much of it is in sort of a modern model or a multimodal model or however you want to describe it, the operational pain hits you quick. I think a lot of our customers, that's a lot of the conversation we have today on a daily basis is how do I operate this stuff? I have more things and in more places and not more people to look after all these things in all these places. So customers need help there for sure. There's how do I operate, but I can also imagine that it's also then even more mature organizations are thinking, how do I optimize and use it to deliver the greatest impact? How is CDI engaging and leveraging the different array of VMware solutions to be able to offer kind of seamlessly integrated solutions for your customers? Yeah, I mean, I think we represent the holistic VMware portfolio quite well. We've got expertise across all the different franchises and all the product lines within. 
And that sort of plays to our strength and our, our value proposition is we're a, a smaller organization, I would say, closing in on 500 employees, actually, which is maybe not that small anymore. We play that to our strength because we're still small enough that we can be really nimble and really responsive and really give our customers like a white glove type of treatment. But at the same time, we're big enough that we have breadth and coverage across the portfolio. And really all of our value creation opportunity is helping take the the individual pieces or the parts of the, the VMware portfolio, but also things that are outside of the VMware portfolio. Things like ServiceNow and things like other workflow systems or other, there's investments that customers have in other technologies and other companies and open source and sort of bringing it all together to deliver on that outcome and provide them with a complete platform. We think that's a unique thing in the marketplace and in terms of the integration community, for sure. That's great. You mentioned your size getting up to about 500 employees. And I know that CDI seems to have been on a buying spree over the last at least year or a couple of years, and you've acquired several companies to expand your footprint in the market. Can you tell us a little bit about what those acquisitions have been and how your M&A strategy is helping you expand your capability to meet your customers' demands? Yeah, it's a good question. So I'll back up to December of 2019. We were founded by Eric and Trish Baker back in 1995. I'll go back even further than that. Like a lot of IT stories, they founded the company literally out of the garage in upstate New York. They grew the company to a very respectable size in terms of headcount and revenue. But we took a private equity investment in December of 2019 with a company called One Equity Partners. And what that's allowed us to do is to really double down on our strategy, to be acquisitive in the market, to go out and acquire businesses that give us expanded geographic footprint in new markets that we weren't in before that we wanted to invest in. And then on the other end of the the other sort of type of acquisition we've done is is more of a strategic investment in net new technical capability and maybe in a particular technology domain or discipline that we weren't in or maybe that we were sort of getting started in but needed to accelerate our growth. So we've completed, I think, four acquisitions now in the last 18 months, and we're not done yet. We've got a couple more that are out there that, that are coming, but it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. We've grown the company substantially in that 18-month time period, and it's been a good learning opportunity for sure. It's been a lot of fun. That's great. What are the areas you mentioned besides geographic footprint, expanding your technology domains? What were some of the areas that your acquisitions allowed you to expand into? It's sort of interesting. Over the years, we had never really been deep in the end-user computing space. And it was always a partner play. We had a friendly company that we knew that they were very good in that space. And we used to subcontract to them. And over the years, like even when we were having conversations about master service competencies and those types of things, it was never really in the plan to get that for us. But COVID sort of changed that. In fact, we were actually in the process of acquiring Plan B technologies at the time, just before COVID actually really became a thing. So some sort of fortunate timing there from our perspective of course, they had a great year last year with everything going on, and that allowed us to get the, the seventh master service competency, which is great. And then some of the other areas, I think we like to use the terminology shifting left. Shifting left is a phrase that is commonly used in the security space, as opposed to having a development team build some software and then go through some testing cycles. And then ultimately, they pass that software to a security team to scan it for vulnerabilities and do pen testing and those types of things. But it's security is sort of an afterthought. It's, it's like the last gate before you release something into production. Shifting left was originally, well, why don't we incorporate security methodologies and, and testing and those types of things as part of the software development lifecycle so that we're inherently building secure software as we go, as opposed to building insecure software and trying to remediate it at the end. 
that's not exactly how we think of shifting left. The way we think of shifting left is we're shifting left into the application space or shifting up into the application space, right? Climbing the abstraction layer because we've always been an infrastructure centric company and we've been making investments in VMware's doing the same thing with all the things going on in the modern applications business unit and you know, acquisitions like Pivotal and Bitnami and Heptio and those types of things with the Tanzu portfolio. But we've actually gotten into the space where we're beginning to actually develop cloud native applications for customers. So it puts us in the position to be able to have a seat at the table with our customers from the very beginning when they're conceptualizing something or ideating something, which allows us to add value all the way through that ideation phase through to the point where they actually build that application, then ultimately deploy and and release that application on some hybrid cloud infrastructure. So it just allows us to sort of a cradle to grave digital story and being able to help them across all aspects of that journey. That sounds like some, I'm just going to attribute it to the amazing CTO who had the foresight to be able to know that you needed to invest at the right time with the right company to be able to expand both your the end user computing practice and capability, which has been just critical. As we look at anywhere workspace solutions continue to be basically the number one sold across our partner ecosystem because the demand just is still there. But we're also absolutely seeing growth in companies investing in application development capabilities because that is really the front lines of helping to deliver outcomes and value for customers. So clearly strategic thinking by the CTO. Hey, it takes a village and we're very blessed to work with some very talented people. So it's not just me. That's great. You were also talking about master services competencies. And I know that CDI has the very unique distinction of being the only VMware partner that has all seven master services competencies across all of our solution areas, as well as being a cloud verified cloud provider partner, which is absolutely unique. I think that is very much, again, being on the leading edge and the trend as we're seeing more and more companies invest in cloud provider types of business models, managed services offerings. How much demand or how do you see the demand from your customers to help manage their offerings or deliver more hosted cloud type of offerings? What percentage of your business is that representing? How is it growing among your customers? And what's the driver behind that? So I will say our services content in terms of the business is growing substantially. It used to be a very small percentage of our business, but now it's in certainly well beyond the double digits in terms of percentage of revenue of the company. And about half of that is what I would call project-based professional services, where we're doing more advising and designing and building and, and migrating. The other half is the sort of the annuity model, the managed services model, where maybe we're taking the thing that we might have sold and designed and built and migrated to, and then we take on ongoing management and operations of that platform, usually in a co-managed model where we truly serve as an extension of our customers' IT operations team. And we do that across the entire portfolio, across sort of the whole infrastructure foundation. And we have hosting business where we have a a VMware-powered cloud, which is part of that cloud-verified program that you were talking about. We're in five data centers now across all three time zones in the United States. And it's gotten to be a significant size. It's been really cool to see that grow. And what we love about it is we can give customers choice to be able to, if they want to embrace the the public cloud, whether that be cloud native or VMware cloud on X or the CDI cloud, right? We can provide them a path or sometimes maybe they take shards of their workloads and they put them in different places. That's very common now as well, depending on certain requirements and classification of workloads and data and those types of things. The managed services business is rapidly growing for us. 
customers are choosing to invest not necessarily in operating infrastructure, but more into the creation of value on the software side of things. I think that's where a lot of the strategy is, and we can sort of allow them to focus there while we sort of handle the, the back-end operations for them. That's consistent with other conversations I've had with other partner technologists and executives. I think we're seeing an inflection point in the market, and that's related to the entire shift to more consumption-based purchasing models. Everything is about SaaS and subscriptions. I think there's a real shift, as you said, in customers thinking about how they just want to use it. What outcomes do they want to deliver? How can they deliver digital transformation to drive their business? And it's less about building the infrastructure and where they can and, and frankly, having talent and the bench to be able to manage it is also a challenge. I know it's hard for us. I'm sure it's challenging for you. And where they can outsource it to great partners like CDI, it probably makes good business sense. Yeah, for sure. We've also been spending time building offerings sort of on, on the front end of that of that curve as well in the application space and in things like DevOps as a service and some more modern thinking sort of service delivery and consumption models, which we think is a differentiator for us there as well. One of our observations is there's a big skills gap out there to adopt these sort of modern operating models and ways of thinking. I think that's why managed services and consulting in general has been so popular in spaces with things like Kubernetes and cloud native and those types of things. There's just a supply and demand problem in the market right now. And that's why I think consulting is rising in popularity in those spaces. When you can get a good partner and a good consultant, I know it can be goldmine for these companies and CDI is absolutely positioned in the right way. I understand that you also have a lot of experience leading complex programs with enterprise customers across a number of different market areas, financial services, healthcare, telecommunications, um, oil and gas. From your vantage point, are you seeing any differences across these markets in how they are using technology, thinking about technology, approaching digital transformation. What do you think the drivers are? Or is there more commonality than we might think? I think further down the stack, there's more commonality than you might think. Truly down in the in the infrastructure layers of the, the cake, I guess. But obviously, as you get higher up into the application space, that's where all the differentiation really occurs. You see certain things, different types of applications, different risk tolerance levels, those types of things. And I think for the integrators or for companies like us, the higher you can go in that conversation and the more you can truly understand the financial services suite of applications or the healthcare suite of applications, those types of things, the more value and the more relevant you are really to that customer because you really understand their business and understand what it is that they're trying to do and how they service their customers and what's meaningful to them, which I think is really important. You need to really understand what is meaningful to your customer's customer and how can you align yourself and your capabilities to sort of enable them on their mission. It makes a big difference. I can imagine. Will, I know that you are a member of VMUG, that is the VMware user group. Shout out to my VMUG friends. That's 150,000 worldwide global member of VMware evangelists. And I know you're a frequent speaker on behalf of VMUG. And you're also officially a certified VMware expert. You hold a VCDX certification, one of just 217 architects globally there. I actually remember and helped celebrate the first 100 and that was like 10 years ago. So that shows you how elite and how much time it takes to earn one. And you're also just one of 22 architects globally with VCDX status in the cloud management and automation tracks. 
So huge commitments of your personal time to develop that level of mastery. Can you share why you've personally invested so much? And and this is hours, hours and hours and hours for people who do not know what it takes to get a VCDX. It's like getting a PhD. You have to defend it with like an oral exam in front of a, a peer board. I'm sure we're doing that virtually now. But it is a huge, tremendous personal commitment away from work time and family. What has led to your commitment and pursuit of this mastery? It's been a long time. And I was part of the first hundred. That was really cool. So it's such a good community. And I've learned so much from the other people who have been through it. And you don't have to go through it alone. That's for sure. There's mentorship programs and those types of things. There's a lot of resources out there now that can really help sort of guide you or shepherd you through that program. I tell people all the time, the VCDX program, it truly did change the trajectory of my career. Originally, I did it really just as validation, you know, hey, I could do this kind of thing. But it opened up so many doors for me in my career, whether that be getting access to product teams or executives inside of VMware or, you know, every year at VMworld, we used to have a VCDX meeting and Pat Gelsinger would come to that meeting. And he was always very good to us and always listened to our feedback. Whether it was good or bad, you felt like you could make a difference and have a voice. The community, like I said, it was just awesome. You know, you could throw something out on Twitter or send an email out to a group of people. Chances are within a very short period of time, you're going to have a response back from somebody or an opinion or a perspective or a link to somebody who can help you. It's just awesome. It's certainly worth it for anybody who's thinking about it. Just go for it and do it. It changed my career for sure. Well, that's great to hear the positive impact that it's had. I'd love to also ask how you find being a member of VMUG. Is it also the same level of community and support? I know a lot of VMUG folks, and they're all just fantastic people, but I'd love to hear a little shout out from you on what's that meant to your career. Yeah, it's very similar. I think that's something VMware as a company has done very well is community, whether it be the online forums or organizations like VMUG or VCDX or whatever. We take the opportunity to meet with our local VMUG chapter as often as we can. CDI will sponsor those events and whether it's the happy hours after when we used to do those types of things, hopefully again someday. It's a great opportunity to network with like-minded people. There's a lot of customers who attend VMUG. There's a lot of other partners. There's competitors of ours that attend VMUGs. And I've maintained some good relationships with people that side the doors of the VMUG are my enemies right out there in the field competing. It's just a way for you to connect to people and learn some new things and share ideas. It's a lot of fun and it's definitely worth the time to invest. You're talking about networking and going back to one of the drivers of your M&A strategy, you mentioned that you had been partnering with other partners to complement your skills of area and expertise. And that's absolutely a trend that we're seeing across as our portfolio has expanded, as the whole elements of everything a customer needs to be able to truly drive digital transformation grow. It's increasingly hard for one partner to be able to cover all the bases and finding ways to connect with other partners. It sounds like hopefully VMUG helped and maybe that even led to some of those acquisitions as you had the chance to network. We've certainly, even in the last 12 months, have been a part of customer projects where we have other partners doing one particular work stream, whereas maybe we have one other work stream. And, you know, at the end of the day, the customer needs to be successful. And if they want to make a choice to work with multiple partners, and then we have to come together and and work with them to deliver on that promise to make them successful. We're a part of some other programs. The Partner Technical Advisory Board has been great. The Partner Advisory Council is great. It's a small world. 
we all sort of walk in the same shoes and it, it's good to, to be able to network with with other companies and learn from their experiences as well. I mean, there, there's enough to go around for us all, but it's cool. It's nice. I've heard two different opinions on that from various partners. I think there are some partners that want to manage their business. Nope, this is our business. Don't want to talk to other people. We want to own the account and that's their mindset. And then there are ones that have a much more open perspective like you do and CDI, which is in partnering. What are some of the key criteria for other partner executives listening who are weighing those options? What might be some guidelines that you share about when you want to partner versus investing yourself? How have you gone through that conversation, particularly related to your M&A strategy? And kind of what guidance or recommendations would you offer peer colleagues and executives who are having to wrestle and make those same decisions? That's a really good question. I think you have to just sort of look at yourself and make the decision. Like, what, what is it that you want? Do you want to take on the world and try and be everything to everybody? For some people, maybe the answer is yes. For us, to a large extent, the answer is mostly yes. It's why we made the investments for the seven MSCs and we represent the whole portfolio. But that said, we can be honest with ourselves and say, listen, this particular area, and and maybe I'm referring to something outside of VMware, this area is not our core competency. And we would be doing maybe ourselves a disservice by trying to take that on because of maybe other things going on or just because of a lack of interest or whatever it is. You can go out and leverage relationships and meet other partners that can fill that niche for you or that gap for you. And that's okay. We've partnered with other companies in like the data and analytics space. And before we acquired Plan B, it was in the, the digital workspace space. I think it's important to be open to leverage an ecosystem of partners that might be able to complement you in areas that you're not currently strong in. That's great advice. And I know there are many of your colleagues who are daily making and weighing those trade-offs. So thank you for sharing that insight. You have the seven MSCs you have really invested across the VMware portfolio. One of the areas I wanted to go back to, you were talking about shifting left, which was a security terminology. And I wanted to focus on the area of cybersecurity, which is also a growing, accelerating need among your customers. How is that also an area in which CDI is investing as much on your own, building up that practice? And how are you helping your customers address the ongoing and growing space of cybersecurity challenges? Last year, we launched something called CDI Security. It is an organic investment that we've been making over at least the last year. Security is top of mind for every organization out there, right? And it's a very layered conversation. There's a lot to security, and we sort of believe that everything that we do has to inherently be secure. We draw this picture in our go-to-market strategy around something we call a digital foundation, which is similar terminology that has been used in the past by VMware. Our categories are similar sort of to the VMware franchises, but we have hybrid cloud infrastructure, and we have modern applications, and we have digital workspace, and then something we call digital workflow, and then we have intelligent operations is the last one. But across the top, we have security. And it sort of stretches across all of the different supporting structures of the foundation, because we believe that you have to secure an infrastructure in applications, in operations, at endpoints, in workflows. It's just sort of universally applicable and top of mind for every employee at CDI. It just has to be that way now. And so I think you'll see us continue to invest in security. It's definitely top of mind for us and something that we know our customers would value very much. Yeah, I think it's just going to grow as people on the other side, on the dark side, continue to find more and more creative ways to challenge and poke holes and 
as more and more apps are developed and more technology is used, it just continues to expand the attack surface. So I think that is an unending area of innovation and possibility for CDI. And it's so great that you're making that investment because it's so key for customers. You know, Will, you've had a long, healthy career in the technology industry, many, many years to go in that. But from your vantage point, especially in your role as CTO with all the customer conversations that you get to have and companies that you get to investigate, what have you seen from your vantage point change the most in terms of technology kind of use and requirements among customers? And what's remaining consistent? What's one constant that's remaining despite all of the evolution and changes? Probably the constant is the the reliance on technology has, I think, been constant, maybe now in slightly different ways, right? We're seeing innovation in, in software and the, the pace is, is certainly changing and, and picking up and accelerating. I think what's changing probably the most is the operating model is changing as we need to move faster and we need to ship product more quickly and reliably. And the traditional operating models are being broken down. They're being tried and tested the whole develop in a, in a vacuum and then throw it over the wall and release or secure and release or whatever, however you want to think about it. It's challenging operating models that requires people and process transformation. And I think, again, the technology side, and it always has been, the technology side is usually the easiest part of the three-legged stool there. But anytime you have to try and change how somebody works is a difficult thing, but that brings a lot of opportunity as well. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of people and process transformation happening to really support and accelerate the innovation that these businesses are demanding, which is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see how it all sort of unfolds. I think the first time I heard about people and process transformation was about 10 years ago when we were launching vCloud Director, if I'm remembering my product name right, and working with the team and our PSO team at the time, they were, were talking about the need of technology is great, but the big obstacle to using it is actually people and processes. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll use a real example. We're, do, we're in the middle of a, a Tanzu deployment now with a large household name customer. I think a lot of times what happens is there's a change agent right at the top of the organization, and maybe that's a chief digital officer or an innovation officer or a CTO or somebody like that who sees the value in driving this transformational change. But then when you get down to the individual, the engineering staff and the people who are tasked with implementing this technology, they tend to think that they've been doing things the same for 20, 30 years. Sometimes you have to sort of pause and say, well, hold on, like that, that's not really how this works, right? We have to change the way we think and change the way, maybe it's change the way we secure an application or change the way we do networking or change the way we do storage or those types of things. Because if you try and mold or bend this new technology into a 25-year-old way of thinking and, and operating model, you're probably not going to get the value out of that technology than you thought you were going to get going in. And so that presents a lot of challenges, I think, that, that a lot of businesses will be faced with as they adopt things like containers and cloud-native technologies and those types of things. There's a big learning curve there. So a lot of what we're doing now is truly it's like education, meeting customers where they are and helping them get to where they need to go. And that presents tremendous opportunity for partners like CDI who have that knowledge and expertise, have you seen it from customer to customer to customer, which can help accelerate Hopefully their perspective shift, help them learn and keep them educated from other people's or other companies' transformations and help accelerate that faster. The topic of talent is something that I want to raise again. We were talking about that as a driver for why 
more companies are looking to companies like CDI for managed services. And we're seeing talent wars all over the place. We're seeing that at VMware, people leaving, people coming, but just a lot of shifting right now as the pandemic wears on. I think people, some people are looking for changes. They want to be in a different Zoom box, different place. But what is CDI's approach and strategy to helping you retain and recruit top talent because it's so critical to your success? One of the things we're really proud of is our culture. Retainment of top talent has a lot to do with culture. It has a lot to do with opportunity and career path and rewarding employees and making them feel like they're part of something bigger than, than just being an individual contributor. I will say we're one thing we're very proud of in, in the four companies that we've acquired in the last 18 months, we've had less than a 1% attrition rate, which is awesome. And I think the reason for that is, is the culture. It's hard to attract and to acquire talent in some of these spaces. We're competing with cloud native companies and companies like VMware and who are doing great things and companies like the, the Microsofts and the Googles and the Facebooks of the world. But I think we've done a good job. And it's sort of a, a multimodal strategy of acquiring new talent, but also investing in our existing talent pool and, and providing them with training opportunities and pairing them up with some of that new talent and giving them new fresh perspectives and new things to do. It's been good. It's not easy, but I think we've done a, a reasonably good job of that. There have been a lot of things that haven't been easy over the last 12 to 18 months, and it's put a lot of pressure on leaders in organizations. I'm curious how you feel like you've been tested as a leader for your organization and how those experiences have shaped you. Has it changed your leadership style? How have you evolved your leadership over the last 18 months? As a technology leader, I've really tried to stay sharp and keep my technical chops and I still do from time to time get involved with deliveries. I always make a joke, like I'm not just a suit. I still have it. Hey, you have two VCDXs. That gives you street cred. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. We'll see. I think it's just important, especially now with everything we've been through and just finding ways to connect with people is so important. And that goes with culture too. I think authenticity and, and transparency are, are really important qualities and just connecting people and reaching out and helping them and supporting them and, and really having a, a team culture and just supporting one another. I think it's it's really important. And we've had to learn how to do that differently because you can't just walk down the hall and talk to somebody at the water cooler anymore. You, you really have to be proactive and reach out and make sure people are feeling supported and valued. Great. Well, that's the last hard question that I promised that I'm going to ask. Let's wrap up with some fun, hopefully easier questions. What are you reading or listening to or binge watching as a result of more time home with the pandemic that has just delighted you recently? I'm not much of a binge watcher. I'll say that. Lately, I've been reading a lot of Tanzu documentation. <laughs> Okay, that speaks to the hardcore technology chops that you bring to your role. I like to get reading recommendations from the people I get to talk to. I might pass on that one. Yeah, I would probably recommend that. <laughs> but I'm thrilled that you're deep diving and enjoying and a whole lot of our Modern Apps folks would be thrilled to hear that. As you look at the future, especially in your role, what you get to is, is CTO, what technology do you see being the most disruptive for our industry in the next several years? Well, one that's front and center now, I think Kubernetes changes the game for a lot of reasons. It's a means to help organizations go faster, to be more agile, to be nimble, to be more secure, to be portable, where that makes sense. 
So I, I think that's going to drive a lot of transformational change within customers. We're, we're seeing that already. And we're starting to see pretty big adoption of that technology going right now. I think for, for the past 12 to 18 months, it's been sort of like opportunistic and experimental. But a lot of customers are past that phase now, and they're really starting to accelerate and drive adoption of that type of technology. And with that brings a whole wave of additional technologies and sort of around that ecosystem, which I think is going to be huge. All right. Last question, Will. What keeps you excited about tech and being in the tech industry and its promise for the future? The world is, is a digital world now. Everything from electric cars to you name it. Technology is changing the world. And what keeps me excited now, I, I think customers today need integrators more than probably they ever have. There is so much opportunity to really jump in and, and help partner with customers to help them on that journey and to help them change the world, whether that be in financial services or be in healthcare or launching some new product that you or I don't even know what it is yet. That excites me. I think there's just so much opportunity and we're hopefully going to play our part in, in making that happen. That's great. Well, CDI is certainly positioned well with all of your expertise, your talented bench, you and Rolla CTO. We're thrilled to have you as one of our key partners. And it's just been fabulous talking with you today. Thank you so much. Likewise. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And we're back. I loved Will's perspective on the impact that achieving his VCDX certifications and engagement with VMUG, the VMware user group community, has had on Will's career. We hope you enjoyed this great conversation. To learn more about VMware, please visit VMware.com. And to connect with Will, you can find him on LinkedIn. Please subscribe, follow, and review VMware Partnership Perspectives podcast from your streaming platform of choice. For more information on VMware's partner programs, please visit PartnerExecutiveEdge at VMware.com. I'm Kathleen Tandy. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you next time.